a huge welcome here today. Uh, huge congratulations on getting out of bed this morning. I know you wouldn't guess it from looking outside, but it is summer, uh, and so I'm aware that some of you might have just come back from a, a holiday, and so well done for getting out of bed, coming to church. Um, if this is your first Sunday here at Burlington, you've chosen a really good one, not because I'm speaking, because we're starting a new series, uh, just like a mini-series for the next two weeks. Uh, and if it's on the screen, here we go. This is the series name, Affirmation and Expectation, two words that can change your world. Uh, and I really believe this. I really believe that affirmation and expectation, if we get these two things right, can really change change the way uh, that we do stuff, the way that we live. Uh, And if we're a Christian uh, here this morning, uh, that can really uh, do a lot more for us as we're going to find out. This series has been cut into two Sundays, so uh, if you're thinking right now that you, you're lost and you need some direction in your life, if you want to be fulfilled because you want to know the plans that God's got for you, really, really great news. If you come back next week, uh, you can come and find out more about that. Uh, But Today we're going to be looking at affirmation, which basically means for the next half an hour, I'm just going to say how great you look today. Uh, I mean, really, you look fantastic. Probably the best looking church in Suffolk. Um, probably tied with the Forge, but I mean, probably up there a little bit more. Um, just looks so good. I mean, the singing was fantastic this morning. It was just great. Can you just turn to the person next to you for a second and just say, you're looking awesome today. If you don't know the person next to you and they're pretty good looking, feel free to ask them out for a coffee. We're going to be starting out the speed dating missional community next week. So uh, use this opportunity wisely. <laughs> we all love to genuinely uh, be affirmed. We love that uh, when done rightly. It can often cause a bit of embarrassment or a little bit of sort of, uh, you know, a little bit of oddness or awkwardness. But generally, uh, when given true, uh, 100% sort of fair affirmations, it makes us feel great. When someone uh, comments on your new shoes or your new haircut uh, or the way that you're dressed or the way that you do something, it makes us feel good. Uh, not a revolutionary thought, uh, not a particularly sort of odd thought, uh, fairly self explanatory. When I say something about you to you, it affects you. Simple equation. When I say something about you to you, it affects you. And when it's affirmation, uh, the results are often really good. Uh, I can remember when I was um, 14 years old. I think I've told this story before, uh, but it sort of sums up my point. When when I was 14, uh, I had this ridiculous hair. And a lot of people said it was ridiculous hair, and I ignored them because who wants to listen to the world at 14? But you can even see the haircut. I was going to get a picture, but they realized there's already a photo in the church building. So if you go outside on your way out... Um, I know guys who do photography if you ever wanted to update your photos and embarrass another 14-year-old in five years. But if you look out, I'm the one with the weird hair. It sort of varied in length from the ages of 13 to 16, uh, and or probably a little bit longer than that, sadly. Uh, sort of varied. It was really thick, really curly, and looked a bit weird. But I can remember it was my first day of year nine. Uh, and I went outside after school, waiting for some people to walk home with. And I looked up into the window, uh, and there was a teacher there who I'd known for a fair while, not very well, but sort of knew uh, of her. And I looked up and sort of saw her, and she goes, you, you, nice hair. And I sort of looked up, and I go, thank you, <laughs> like, whatever. So I sort of said, thanks, whatever, cool. Um, and she goes, looks really good. And I was like, oh, thank you. And the next thing I know, I looked over to my left to see my friend in hysterics, because what he could see was me going, thank you. And then behind me, a girl with bright pink hair going, thanks, yours too. 
And I looked at her, I was mortified, they didn't let me forget it. And sort of the affirmation I felt was great. And when stripped away, you feel it. When someone says something about you to you, it affects you. Um, there's even a chemical in your body, that, the main neurochemical that's released when someone says something good about you is called serotonin. Uh, it makes you feel confident. Uh, it gives you that sort of happiness and well-being that you get when someone says something good about you. Interestingly enough with serotonin, this, is, um, this isn't a main point, but just quite interesting and I thought it was pretty cool. This chemical is also released when you're out in sunlight. The same chemical that gets released when someone says good about you is the same chemical you get when you're standing in the light. Funny enough. Um, You can take that how you want, whether God made that intentionally or not. Who knows? Um, But I thought it was pretty cool. Um, So here we are. So there's the truth of affirmation that we love it. Not particularly revolutionary. So where's the issue? Where's the tension? What's going wrong here? Why have I made such a big deal about these two things that can change your world uh, if we're already getting it right? Well, here's the problem. Here's the issue that I think we've got. Affirmation often isn't fair. Affirmation isn't often fair. Think about it for a second. When was the last time that you went up to someone who was perhaps doing something or, or had a bit of an odd haircut or you know, perhaps wasn't looking particularly great that day? He just thought, these guys really need some encouragement. So it's just a little bit of a white lie. I'm just going to say that they look fantastic and look like Mariah Carey or something like that, uh, when in reality they sort of look like Basil Brush, but we'll ignore that for a second. When was the last time that you thought, okay, I'm going to affirm someone. It's not exactly true, but it'll make them feel better. We often do it. I do it. Uh, I see someone, I think, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, you're looking great today. Often because we like them, often because it's a nice thing to do. But in reality, that's not fair. It's not 100% true. And we're going to explore a little bit about how that can be dangerous. On the other side of things, if there's someone that we see and we don't particularly like them very much, perhaps we don't even know them very much, but if they do something fantastic, um, but we don't know them or we don't like them, often we won't say anything at all. Affirmations that we give aren't fair. It's sort of dependent on how we feel towards them, dependent on how we feel at the time. Affirmation isn't with us often fair. That's the first reason why it's not fair. The second reason why it's not fair. Second reason why it's not fair. We often don't receive affirmation fairly. Think about it for a second. I think there are two types of people, and I'm very much one of them, and my mom will remind me that I'm very much one of them. Um, But the first type of person is this. If you're affirmed, you'll get embarrassed by it. And you'll say, oh, no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. You won't believe it. You won't believe fairly that the person telling you something good about you, you often won't, you'll try and get away from it. You'll think, that's not right. That's not true. I don't see myself like that. The other type of person, so the bigger headed people in the room, uh, often like me, my mum will say, uh, is that when someone says, you're all right at that, I now think I'm the best ever. I think that that haircut's good. I've got the best hair in the world today. Uh, hey, you know when you did that thing? That, that, that was a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, I'm the best at that now in the world. Often, <laughs> the way that we receive affirmations aren't the way that they're supposed to be said. So affirmation isn't fair when we give it. Either we don't give it fairly and we don't receive it fairly fairly. And so when someone says something to us, uh, it affects us, that effect is warped, right? If the thing that's said isn't fair, the way that it affects us won't be fair. It's a, uh, a sort of difficulty that we have to deal with it. People either go one or two ways on, on the way that we do it, but that's sort of where we're at. Affirmation's a fantastic thing, but unless we give it fairly and receive it fairly, the effect isn't going to be the way that God wants it to be. So if you're a non-Christian right here, right now, um, this, you know, this isn't sort of a Christian thing. This is just a thing thing. The fact that when people say things about us and it affects us isn't a Christian concept necessarily. It's just a 
concept. It's like one plus one adds, you know, equals two. Um, uh, e equals mc squared. You know, stuff like it's just a sort of equation. When someone says something about us to us, it affects us. Uh, and with affirmation, that's certainly not the case. But here. I want to sort of inject um, some Bible into it. Uh, now, if you're a non-Christian right now, you might be thinking, oh, great, but um, hang on with me for a second, because you're really going to want to hear this. Uh, and my bet is today that the reading we're about to read, you will have heard of. In fact, my reckoning is that anyone in this room who's been to a carol service at all will have heard this passage. Um, but here's my other reckoning. Not many of us would have heard it in the month of July. Uh, so without further ado, we're just going to hear uh, our reading for a second. Yes, it's Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, and the birth of Jesus is foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. Thank you very much. Are we feeling Christmassy yet? I sort of feel like there should be candles surrounding us and there should be an orchestra of 50 uh, and we should be going for mince pies after the service. Um, This passage, I think, is absolutely essential to look at when looking at affirmation uh, and expectation. Although it's not like an unbreakable rule, this is just a bit of a Johnny Abbott guess. Don't take this away as like the main point of the service, this little next bit. Um, But this is just sort of a a thing that I think I've found in admittedly my sort of limited experience. That if you want to explore an issue uh, or insecurities or the way that people think, uh, a really good place to start is go and speak sensitively to young people. Um, Not necessarily because young people are any wiser or uh, have any more experience, because in reality that we don't. Um, But I find that actually when looking at an issue, they tend to be magnified by young people because they just tend to be that little bit more honest. That's just something that I could be biased. You could, you could just, it's just something that I've, I think I've recognized. Um, for example, if you want to know why a community is decreasing or a church is uh, decreasing, uh, speak to a 17-year-old uh, sensitively because uh, my reckoning is they'll probably be the first to leave uh, and my reckoning is, is that they'll probably say what they think just that little bit more bluntly. And it's certainly the case here in this passage. That's just a 
guess. You don't have to take that. You can disagree with that. It's there. You can take it or leave it. But it's certainly true in this passage, I think. The angel Gabriel approaches Mary, and I love this passage. I don't know how you think of angels, but I sort of think of him as a big sort of warrior uh, or a sort of a Roman sort of troop, uh, which there would have been in these days. And I imagine sort of Gabriel sort of turning up behind Mary, uh, and Mary sort of looking around and being like, there's something definitely different about you, but I'm really not sure. I feel quite uneasy. And angel is like, hey! Angel Gabriel was saying, hey, how's it going? Incidentally, I just reckon, this is another little Johnny Abbott guess, I reckon the angel Gabriel was probably one of the best youth workers in the Bible. Um, uh, just another guess, but here we go. Angel Gabriel's like, hey, Mary, how's it going? Wow. God said you were beautiful. God said you were great. God said you were awesome. Hey, God just told me to come down and tell you, you know all those other women that you compare yourself to? Like he says, you are blessed, favored woman. You are blessed, favored woman among women. You know all those women that you compare yourself to? All those women that you think are better, more talented, uh, just a little bit cooler than you? Uh, the ones that get all the boys, who get all the cooler opportunities? God's just saying that you're blessed among those guys. You just are awesome. God, whenever God talks about you in heaven, he just has awesome things to say about you. That's what, when he says blessed, favored woman, that word favored is, is, I, I almost want to say it doesn't do it justice in the English language. Just because it means so much more than that. It's grace bestowed on you. Blessings bestowed on you. You are beautiful. You are fantastic. In the message version, it says, hello, beautiful woman. You are beautiful inside and out. The first thing the angel does before any expectation, before the angel says, you're going to have the Son of God, which we're going to be looking at a little bit next week, um, he says affirmation. And this is the brilliant thing about it. People worship Mary all over the world, but Mary replies in a very, very, very human way that I think a lot of us would. She, she wonders why the angel, in the, in the NLT version it says, she wonders uh, what sort of greeting, you know, what this greeting could mean. In other words, she's saying, why are you saying this to me? Why are you saying this to me? Is there an ulterior motive behind what you're saying? Is there a difficulty behind, what, what is it about me that you're saying about this? Is it, I can't be blessed among other people. What, what do you mean? And the angel said, I knew, God said you wouldn't believe me if I told you, but you've just got to believe me right now that God says that you are beautiful inside and out. And God's got a really, really, really special plan for you. We're going to be looking at that plan next week, but notice on the first bit, before every expectation comes a good affirmation. Um, that's, that's just my thinking uh, and, and what I see here as well. Before every good expectation comes a good affirmation, God comes to her and says, you are so beautiful. And you know the beauty of this is that this affirmation isn't wavered. There's no ulterior motives behind it. It's not if, as if God was just trying to butter Mary up before he says, by the way, you're pregnant. Um, it's not like that. It's, this affirmation's 100% true. It's 100% fair. It's not like he's saying it just because, well, I sort of like Mary in comparison to those other women, so I'm going to sort of bless Mary with this. It's not like that. God's affirmations are 100% fair because God is a 100% good God. He comes up to Mary and he says, you are beautiful. You are good. Now let me ask you, if I could give you a 100% fair affirmation, wouldn't you want to take that more than any other affirmation that you've ever heard? You don't have to be a Christian right now in this room to think, I want in on that. God's affirmations are 100% fair. The second thing that I absolutely love about this passage, and this is brilliant, and, and often I imagine when I say this, there might be some of you thinking, probably not me, or you've got that wrong, or I'm not so sure, or I don't feel that. But here we go, I'm just going to say it anyway. The affirmation that God gives Mary here I think God gives you here. And this is why I think that. And think about that for a second. If this is a 100% true affirmation, God's looking at you right now saying, 
I know you're probably not going to believe me. I probably, I know you're probably not going to take this in a fair way, but here is how it is. You are so beautiful. You are so loved. You are so special. When I talk about you in heaven, it's just, I just can't, uh, I don't, I just can't explain how much I love you right now. It's an incredible thought. If that's a 100% fair affirmation. It changes everything, right? All of those things that you think you weren't quite good enough. All of those uh, people that you thought, oh, they're better than me. They're, that's for them. That's not for me. Or, or for things like that. God's saying, you are so loved. I've got a plan for you. But before you know that plan, I just want you to know that you are awesome. And you are awesome because I made you awesome. And you might be thinking, but what about that nose that you gave me? Or what about this that you gave me? Or what about this disorder that, you, that, that, that I've got? God's saying, look, don't worry about that for a second. I'll, I'll explain the plan in a bit. But you've just got to know that I designed you amazing. And he says that to you as well. And this is how I know. The baby that Mary bore lived a perfect life and died a death for you. And now if you're not a Christian and this is the first time that you've heard this, this is purely my fault for not explaining it well enough. So if you're a little bit confused about that, um, don't worry. That's, that, that's okay. Uh, I don't think anyone understands it fully. But the bare roots of it is this. Jesus was the son of God who was fully God, fully man, came and died for you to take all the wrongdoings that you do every day. And he took the punishment for that. Why? Because of this. He says, you are so brief. I know this is going to really hurt me. This is going to really hurt my son. But you've just got to really understand that you are so brilliant. You are so beautiful. You are so good. You are so special. When I talk about you, there are so many good things that I want to say about you. It's incredible. When people say things about you to you, it affects you. And when God says something about you to you, it will affect you. It's a 100% fair affirmation. And when 100% fair affirmations, the only appropriate response is 100% fair receiving of that affirmation. Fair affirmations can change your world. Mary's life was never the same after that affirmation was given. I wonder what would it have been like if the angel Gabriel came down and said, Hey Mary, by the way, you're gonna have a son of, you know, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be the, the, the mother of the son of God. I wonder what that would have been like. Mary would have been far more scared, far more sort of insecure about things. Really me? I can't do, what really? And the angel Gabriel says, 100% fair affirmation. You are the person for this, because God says that you are this. God says that you are that. This is how God sees you. Affirmations change your world. And when they're not given, they won't ever change your world. God gives every one of us this affirmation, and it's our job to spread that affirmation to others. Um, one of my heroes at the moment, he's sort of a recent hero, he's not like a really big superhero, but one of my favorite heroes at the moment is a guy called Larry Walker. Um, and I've told my family the story, they found it really funny. I find it quite funny as well. Um, Larry Walker had a lifelong ambition to fly. He uh, tried to join the American Air Force uh, and got rejected due to bad eyesight. Uh, it was sort of in the 1970s, I think. This is That's a little guess. But um, yeah, wanted to join the Air Force. Couldn't because of bad eyesight. Uh, but this was his lifelong dream. And so he was sitting in the garden one day on a very comfortable garden chair and had an idea. He thought, I'm going to fly whatever it takes. I'm going to have the determination to do what I think I really, really want to do. And so what he does genuinely is he ties his chair to the ground and then ties to his deck Genuinely true. Um, he's the only, he was the only, one of the only guys who won a Darwin Award and lived to tell the tale, um, which I think is fantastic. If you don't know what a Darwin Award is, it's people who do stupid things and sadly uh, ultimately die because of it. Uh, but he, uh, he won a Darwin Award. Um, 
and, and lived to tell the tale. So he was there. He got loads of helium balloons and tied them to the chair, um, like really big weather helium balloons. Tied them to the chair, sits down with a six-pack of beer, a sandwich, and a rifle, thinking that when I get to the height that I want, I'll just pop the balloons, and I'll come down slowly. So his thought was, I'll probably get to about 30 meters, 100 meters, that's sort of where I'm going for. But when his friend cut the cord from the ground, and the website that I was reading explains it like this, he shot up like a cannon, <laughs> up to 16,000 meters, which is pretty high. And at which point, like, he's got this gun thinking, there's not a chance that I'm going to start shooting these balloons. And so he's they're floating up in the air uh, with a six-pack of beer, thinking, well, I might as well finish my sandwich. He's up there for almost a day um, when all of a sudden he starts floating into Los Angeles airspace. And again, this is totally true. Aeroplane comes in uh, with the pilot. Pilot sees man on deck chair with rifle. Like, how do you explain that? If you look onto the windows on your left, you'll see, you know, what do you do with that? And so he's flying down, he lands, and he goes and says, you're not going to believe this, but there's a man on a deck chair with a rifle and a six-pack of beer and a sandwich. Like, there's got to... He then gets taken away because they think he's hallucinating and he's on drugs. <laughs> it's only until the second pilot comes down and says, you're not going to believe that there's a guy in the air with a rifle and he's like, well, you should probably sort this out. Well, they send out a helicopter. The helicopter, because it's sort of low on fuel because it's only used for short journeys, comes up, blows the man out into the sea because um, just because of the wind. And eventually, after then going back, refilling with fuel, they manage to get the man out of the deck chair. Here's my point. Fantastic. If I met Larry Walker uh, now, I just want to go to him and say, wow, man, like you have more determination than 10 Air Force pilots. You wanted something so much. You, you had such a big dream that you did what no one else would dare to do. Okay, you're a little bit weird, but that's incredible. Like you flew to 15,000 meters on nothing but a deck chair of balloons and air rifle sandwiches and a six pack of beer. That's more than I'll achieve in my life. And you did it in like a couple of days. That's phenomenal. But here's the reality of what happened. They say, due to media making fun of him, he killed himself. It's sad, right? This guy did some fun. Not like, I, I can't get away from the fact it's a bit weird, and I'll tell him. It's probably a bit weird. I would never try it again. But this guy had more determination than I've met anybody else have to fly 16,000 meters into the air because he wanted to fly so much. He did what no one else would do. And yet, because... The words that were spoken to him affected him. What happened? It didn't end with greatness. Gary Chapman, in his book, uh, The Five Love Languages, it's a, uh, a really great book, attributes a whole section of the book to words of affirmation. He says the five ways that we love people primarily uh, is the first one, words of affirmation. And I think the others, sort of gifts, uh, spending time with people, physical touch, uh, those sort of things as well. I think, actually, those are just other ways as well of being able to affirm the person you're loving, right? When we look at this love, this innate human need, affirmation comes straight from it. Affirmation is sort of directly linked to that. When we say something to somebody, it affects them. Uh, Gary Chapman then goes on to say this. I think it's brilliant. Uh, actually, no, it's not Gary Chapman. Sorry, apologies. But uh, this is said. It said, live every day like a microphone was tucked under your tongue. Think about what you'd say in a day differently. Would we gossip anywhere near as much? When we go to tell someone, would we exaggerate or not say enough? Live every day like there was a microphone tucked under your tongue. 
Fair affirmation changes your world. Fair affirmation changes the world. We need to start recognizing the, pair, uh, the power in fairly uh, accepting affirmation that God has on our lives. And many of us need to start sharing that affirmation with other people. You may have gone through your whole life believing lies about yourself, thinking, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm not good enough for that, I'm not good enough. God thinks this, God thinks that. Here's the truth. God says to you, hey, you're beautiful. You are so, so, when God talks about you, he just has amazing things to say. You are favored among people. Here is grace bestowed on you right now. And then after that comes the expectation. If you come back next week, we're going to be talking about that a little bit more. But let me pray uh, before I hand back to Andrew.